Hello, Gut Check Project fans and KBMD Health family. I'm your host, Eric Rieger. I'll be joined here shortly with my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown. Check it out. This is episode number 43. It's incredible. We have a very special guest today. It is none other than 2020 vice presidential candidate Jeremy Spike Cohen of the Libertarian Party. And before you shut down, just know this is not a podcast or a show that's about politics only. No, no, no. This is about how politics and the federal government can play a role in your health. So if you listen to episode number 42, you know that Dr. Brown and I talked about high fructose corn syrup. Well, in this particular episode, we're going to not only address the government's role in high fructose corn syrup and then putting it in all of your food, but essentially that, the Veterans Administration, on and on, how lobbyists are essentially shaping our health and what, what can be done about it and what would an ideal platform or administration do to curb that in your favor. Some of the diseases and health problems that we have, are they're not even our fault. We just basically have been consuming things that we just didn't know the dangers were there because we were told it was okay and how we got there. So without further ado, um, check out this episode. And if you haven't listened to 42 and you just need kind of a, uh, a, a setup on high fructose corn syrup and the dangers that are inherent with it, feel free to check it out. This episode as well as 42 are not very long. They aren't uh, our traditional little over an hour. These are these are rather short, but they're very, very important. And it's chock full of information that simply you just need to know, no matter who you vote for. And trust me, this is not an endorsement of any particular pre- presidential campaign or platform. So let's get to it. Our sponsors for today, Atron Teal, go to lovemytummy.com. Polyphenols, who needs them? Everyone. My partner, Dr. Kenneth Brown, created Atron Teal, it's chock full of all natural polyphenols, and he designed them to address bloating and IBS very successfully in his own GI clinic as well as his partners. That being said, Altron Teal's polyphenols are great for athletes. They're great for people who have issues with anxiety. They're great for people who have systemic disease. The issues that polyphenols address are basically what our own natural bacteria need. It's the fuel that they need to create the postbiotics like butyrate to help your body function better. And of course, Dr. Joe Botel out of Exeter University has some excellent research and articles that talk about daily polyphenol intake for athletes actually improves VO2 max. It actually decreases recovery time. So if you're an athlete, get your daily polyphenols. Atron Teal just happens to be NSF certified for sport. That means it's safe for athletes to take. You don't have to worry about anything sneaking in there failing one of your drug tests, etc. This is a legitimate, all-natural polyphenol supplement. Atron Teal. Go to lovemytummy.com today. Also, we were on location at Southern Star Brewery as we talked to Jeremy Spike Cohen. Southern Star is located just north of Houston in Conroe, Texas. They have a flagship brand known as the Bombshell Blonde. They don't use high fructose corn syrup in any of their beers. They have all-natural products, Excellent uh, people there. I mean, they, they couldn't have been more friendly. So if you're cruising through Conroe and you want to check out uh, their tap room or hanging outside in their courtyard, go to southernstarbrewery.com or check out their Instagram, their Facebook. Obviously, you can just search for Southern Star and you'll find them. And they are distributed everywhere. We live up here in Dallas and, and uh, I know that they have their products uh, up in this area as well as 
uh, several other states. So check out Southern Star Brewery. They've got, like I said, some excellent lines, and their flagship is the Bombshell Blonde. Um, Also, if you want fantastic food that tastes great, but you might be adhering to a diet that's paleo, keto, vegan, etc., You've got to go and check out Unrefined Bakery. Go to unrefinedbakery.com. Taylor and Ann, they've been on the show. And the reason that we had them on is because they make great foods that are made from non-GMO products. They don't have any high fructose corn syrup. What they have on the label is exactly what you're going to get. They deliver to all 48 states. It's not some, uh, they, they make bread. They make uh, desserts. They've got, uh, they've got everything. And if you're paleo and you're like, I don't know if I can have bread, guess what? They've got an answer for it. And when you're eating it, it you you'd kind of might shock yourself. It's delicious. So check out unrefinedbakery.com. Use code GUTCHECK for 20% off of your very first order. That's unrefinedbakery.com. Code GUTCHECK, 20% off of your very first order. They deliver to all of the lower 48. And last but not least, go to kbmdhealth.com. Get your very own KBMD Health CBD used clinically by my partner, Dr. Kenneth Brown, in his GI clinic, and uh, it's it's all natural. That's just all there is to it. This market is flooded with CBD. It's hard to find one that you can trust. There's absolutely no way that we wouldn't represent a brand that has its own certificate of analysis, et cetera, et cetera. It's all natural, CO2 extracted, and of course, we have packages. We package our CBD along with uh, uh, I'm, I'm saying uh, it's ridiculous. Autron Teal, which I just mentioned earlier, as well as Broccoli Pro. Get your daily sulforaphanes with Broccoli Pro. Go to kbmdhealth.com. Use code GCP for 20% off any order, any size. kbmdhealth.com. Do it today. All right, let's get on to it. Episode number 43, Jeremy Spike Cohen, Vice Presidential Candidate 2020 for the Libertarian Party, this is a great listen. You will you'll just be made aware of several topics in a pretty quick fashion of how our government has basically influenced our health and what can we do about it. And like I said, it's not just high fructose corn syrup and the Corn Refiners Association, etc. We talk about the FDA. We talk about the CDC. We talk about the Veterans Administration. If you've got a vet in your family, they deserve better. They deserve better, period. They fought for our country. They need us on their side. So check it out. Here we are, episode 43. Thank you all so much. Like and share. Talk to you all soon. All right, Gut Check Project fans, it is now time for a very special episode. I'm joined here with my co-host, Dr. Kenneth Brown, and we're here on episode number 43 with the 2020 Libertarian Vice Presidential Candidate, Jeremy Spike Cohen. Spike, thank you so much for joining us here today here in Conroe, Texas. Absolutely. Beautiful Conroe, Texas. Eric, Ken, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's an honor to have you. This is so exciting. Absolutely. And sorry for the brevity. We're going to have to move kind of quick because a lot of people want to talk to Spike. So we're going to get straight to it. Okay. If you were elected and you had the opportunity to change the way that we handled lobbyists, specifically the corn lobby, the Corn Refiners Association battles to make certain that we keep high fructose corn syrup in all of our foods. We know that it uh, can lead to disease. 
What is your position on how to handle things like that? Well, the short answer is the government shouldn't be picking winners and losers in the market. It leads to this very type of thing. We need to look at corn is a perfect example. High fructose corn syrup and the corn lobby in general is a perfect example of cronyism leading to actual death and harm as a direct result. So why is corn so heavily uh, used in our foods? Why is high fructose corn syrup so heavily used in American foods and not really heavily used in other countries' foods? It's because in the 1970s, the Nixon administration was approached by the corn lobby, which is a very powerful lobby because they're based in Iowa, which is the first state that has primaries uh, in every election cycle. They were approached with an idea of stabilizing and lowering the cost of food in this country and the the fluctuations in the change of the price of food in this country uh, by heavily subsidizing corn products. Corn is a hearty crop. It grows year-round. It is a a great way to provide an ever-steady supply of food. Well, here's the problem. High High fructose corn syrup is a great way to lead to larger rates of obesity and diabetes and other issues because it is not processed the same way as other sugars. It is a very, very concentrated form of fructose. It can potentially lead to autoimmune issues. I have multiple sclerosis. I have not been eating corn or corn products for quite some time, and that's a big part of it. Um, anything that is, is high in carbs like that. And in general, this is another perfect example of what happens when government has the power to choose a winner and to choose a loser. Instead of the market, and which in this case would be consumers of food and health consumers deciding what is uh, safest and healthiest for them and creating demand for that thing, which would mean an increased supply of it. Instead, the government goes in and says, nope, everyone's eating corn. We're going to lower the price drastically. It leads to those who have the least, those who are the lowest income, having to eat more of that because it's what they can afford. And it leads to what we have right now. The poorer you are, the more likely you are to be obese, the more likely you are to have diabetes, the more likely you are to have autoimmune issues, the more likely you are to deal with depression, the more likely you are to deal with a host of health issues that are directly related to the diet and the, the harm, the poison that's it's causing. That is exactly what we just talked about. And wouldn't it be fascinating if on a more local level we could subsidize fruits and vegetables? Get those farmers doing that. And. While that sounds good, here's the problem with that. You're now picking another winner, That's right? That's true. And so while that may be better than corn, without fail, you know, here's the thing. Fruit also is high in sugar. So I could very well conceive, you know, a situation where now we're eating apple syrup or some other type of high fructose syrup that's coming from another fruit as a direct result of what was originally a well-intentioned idea. This thing with the corn lobby, the, I fully believe that the politicians who signed off on this, yes, they were getting their, their you know, campaign coffer kickbacks from the corn lobby, They also probably thought it was a good idea. They probably also thought that it was a good idea to be able to stabilize the food uh, food pricing in the food industry in this country. It's led to massive harm. We don't know how many hundreds of thousands, millions, possibly tens of millions of lives have been prematurely ended and and the quality of life been uh, reduced as a direct result of just another bad crony policy. What we believe is free markets. We believe that when people are empowered to be able to make their choices based on their best informed consent on what is the best way for them to eat, where instead of trying to artificially lower the price of this and artificially increase the price of this, you let people make their choices with their themselves, their families, their health providers, what works best for them, and allow the market to dictate pricing and the market to dictate supply and demand, then you end up in a much more equitable, fair, and healthy situation. So while we're talking about lobbies, we can't ignore the fact that 
when we're looking at uh, the Corn Refiners Association, and of course you have the Sugar Producers Association, which includes Archer, Daniel Min uh, Archer Daniels Midland, mm -hmm. Cargill, etc. They obviously have a big push to do sweeteners, and then sometimes they they work together, and sometimes they battle for their own piece of the pie of, yep. of this of these crony dollars. Absolutely. All of that said, so we know that there's this lobby for sugar, but we can't ignore the fact that there's Monsanto and Bayer. Mm -hmm. So they have a lobby also. In in essence, what is it that a libertarian platform or a different platform or ideal platform, for that matter, would look like handling lobbyists that essentially make us dependent upon things that are inherently bad for us? The core issue here is that you have lobbyists and cronies stepping up to the federal trough to write themselves blank checks of your money that is stolen from you. The answer is to look at the root problem was the existence of that trough to begin with. Get rid of the trough. Give you your money back. Stop the cronyism at its core, and the demand for this, these crony favors goes away. If the government can't give away crony favors, if they can't pick winners and losers, not just in the healthcare market, in the energy market, the corn industry is pushing for more and more higher levels, percentages of ethanol in your gasoline. And we now know not only is that no better for the environment, it's actually worse for the environment. It also was corrosive to car parts, which means it makes your car die faster. It makes your car require maintenance faster. Turns out it corrodes your insides too, right? Yeah. So here is the situation that we have. This entirely exists because of the lobby system that is built around cronyism, around the government's ability to hand out favors in the form of regulations, subsidization, taxes, mandates, and other red tape and bureaucracy and lobby favors that they create for their favorite cronies that buy and pay for them to be in office. The libertarian platform across the board, whether we're talking about health, whether we're talking about education, whether we're talking about energy or anything in between. We are talking about completely dismantling the system and putting the power and the money and the freedom that was stolen from you back in your hands so you can make better choices, better energy choices, better health choices, better nutrition choices that are clearly have been made on your behalf by craven pandering politicians who often have no idea what the hell they're even talking about and cronies who have a vested interest in pushing their own supply even if it hurts you. So that, that's... That right there, in its essence, is how the lobby is affecting the way that uh, legislation is handled because Absolutely. there's no limit to terms of people who've been there for a very, very That's long time. Yep. But there's an institution inside, being the FDA, which my, my partner here has had to deal with specifically on a product that he created. Ken, you want to talk a little bit about how that's okay. affected us with the FDA, of course? Well, so... Uh, being a doctor, I've got so many patients that can't afford their medications. I mean, there's medications that have been around for 50 years and suddenly it's uh, $1,500 for yep. a month. Patent protection. Patent protection. Yep. So can you comment on that? Because I think that is something that is directly affecting me as a physician and my patients. That's my pain point. I've heard you say all the time, I'm going to meet you at your pain point or I'm going to meet you where you're at. Yep, yep. This is where I'm at. I need to figure out how to get drugs to my patients. So here is the thing that with, when it comes to patent protections. I have been across, uh, what, 30, almost 35 states now on this campaign. At almost every single stop, I talk to at least one person who tells me that they cannot afford epinephrine or insulin. These are drugs that have been around for decades. Insulin has been around for over 100 years. Because of the weaponization of patent laws in this country, you have large, crony, big pharma companies that make negligible nothing changes to their formula and then re-patent it and re get it re create a new patent for that. Then they have new regulations passed at the government and insurance level that makes it that that new version is the only one that anyone will cover, right? So here's what happens. Because the price equilibrium has been removed from healthcare, and because they've cut out all of their competition, because they're the only ones that can, can make it thanks to the patent protection, 
they can charge whatever they want because you're not directly paying for it. The av- their consumers are not the people that are actually, or they're, the people paying for it are not the consumers. Nine times out of 10, who's paying for it is Medicare, Medicaid, the VA, or government-mandated insurance, which means they can charge whatever the hell they want because they've cut out their competition and the third-party payers have to pay whatever they're the price is. They're guaranteed to get paid. They're guaranteed to get paid. And if you're one of those poor, unfortunate souls who doesn't have health care, that doesn't have health insurance coverage or doesn't have Medicare or Medicaid, you just have to die. And this is life-saving drugs that in other countries cost pennies, which is why it's illegal for you to go to other countries and get it. It's the same damn drug. It's the same damn prescription. Why on earth would you not be allowed to import it from somewhere else? Because it would make the cronies not get as rich as they are. All of these regulations need to go. All of these laws were created for two reasons, to make your life harder and to make you suffer and to make billionaires even richer, and they all need to go away. What is horrible about this is because it is a person over a barrel. They have no choice. Yep. If you have MS and you have a drug that can get you out of a wheelchair and walk, yep. but it costs $10,000. $20,000 every six to eight weeks. Yeah, this is insane. And so what Eric was getting at is, is that I personally look at functional ways to treat this, and there's many natural ways to do this, but we could never compete on a research level on uh, to go to the FDA because it'll cost twenty million dollars to do it, which is the which is the purpose. The FDA was originally created to stop the snake oil salesmen, the people that were going around literally selling snake oil and saying that it would cure everything. Well, it turns out that one thing that isn't talked about a lot is when the FDA was created, they kept selling snake oil. They just had to add something saying that the FDA didn't approve it for that. That's the thing that isn't talked about a lot. Here's what it also did. It created a cottage industry where if you want to create a drug or a treatment in this country, it better damn well be a pharma-based drug and you better <laughs> have some good connections in the uh, in government to be able to get the taxpayer subsidized tens of millions of dollars in research and development and testing costs. All of this is built around, again, two things, making your life harder and greatly benefiting big pharma. Donald Trump was diagnosed with COVID and within a week he was out and being told that every, that he was doing great and wasn't even contagious anymore. And this is from Walter Reed. He got at least three different treatments that are not approved by the FDA, that if you tried to go and get them, unless you were able to pay big money out of pocket for it, you're not gonna get that care. And yet he was able to get it. We believe in not just right to try laws, but completely dismantling the whole idea of scheduling, the entire idea of the government deciding whether something is or is not safe. That has been a failed model that has made Uh, made consumers less able to get the treatments they need that has suppressed treatments. And and, and I want to say, I know I've never heard of this treatment. I am not endorsing it. I don't know if it works or not. So I just want to be clear on that. But I have a feeling that there are many products like this that work a lot better than the stuff Big Pharma is selling you. And the insurance companies would love to cover it, but they're not allowed to. It costs less. It works better. It has a better safety profile, but they're not allowed to, thanks to the FDA and and basically the HHS, Health and Human Services, and the entire system of cronyism they've created. A question I want to ask you. I've been out here talking to these, the, all these people who have shown up to absolutely support you. I am shocked at how many veterans are out there. Yes. I've met so many. Mm-hmm. Can you just comment on my aspect of it, which is the Veterans Administration in healthcare? If you are a veteran in this country and you have sworn to protect the Constitution and the American people against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and then you are sent overseas by those domestic enemies to fight and kill and potentially die on behalf of military contractors and foreign dictators and, uh, and, and central bankers. That's a whole other subject. But now you've fought in those wars, you come home, 
You're often dealing with PTSD, you're dealing with traumatic brain injuries, you're dealing with chronic health issues, often chronic health issues that take several years to manifest because you were a kid when you were out there and it takes a while for it to manifest itself. And now you're dealing with these issues, you were promised healthcare, you go to the VA and they tell you, you better spend the next several years, possibly couple decades proving your percentage of disability before they give you even the first visit to the doctor or the first course of treatment that you need, that you earned. And if you do qualify for it, you have to wait months, sometimes years to be able to get it. And you have to go to one of a handful of locations across the country. Sometimes I've heard people that have had to travel five and six hours just to see a VA approved doctor. It turns out government run healthcare sucks. So what we have found is that it would actually be more affordable to scrap the entire thing and give you, give veterans the money to be able to get your own health care, to be able to get your own, whether it's through health insurance, health sharing, an HSA, or some combination of those things, have your money that you earned to be able to go get the care that you need. You're no longer spending years to prove your percentage of disability before you can actually get any treatment, no longer having it rationed how, how often you can get it and where you can go to get it. You can get it anywhere anyone else that has health insurance or an HSA can get it. You get the care that you need, and it turns out that actually saves taxpayers, including veterans who are also taxpayers, billions of dollars a year. That is our plan for the So people. say that one more time. So this will not cost our veterans more and it will actually save taxpayers more. Veterans won't be paying a penny out of pocket and it will save taxpayers billions of dollars a year. It turns out that government sucks at everything it tries to run, including healthcare. Ironically, it wasn't that long ago, about three years ago, that we started seeing overflow from the VA for them to be seen in our private practice clinic because they simply could not justify the wait list that they had placed, as you put it, the veterans who've already volunteered their lives for us to finally get care. Yep. And they had been waiting well over 18 months for things that otherwise would have been emergent, at least urgent. Yep, yep. Which, <clears throat> which is why VA hospitals are so overutilized. They often can't get care until it's at a crisis situation and they end up in a hospital where they wait hours, sometimes days to get treatment. Oh, yeah. And sometimes they're handed like NSAIDs. I've heard some of the most nightmarish stories of people that clearly were dealing with health emergencies and were given like Advil. They were given nonsense and told to go home. They were told, oh, you know, this sounds like, uh, I, this is a big one, uh, um, psychosoma. It's psychosomatic. It's in your head. It's you're, you're just you're just stressed out. That's what the problem is. Go home and, and rest it. They're telling people to walk it off. People that are coming in with obvious issues. Some of those people ended up dying days later because they had an actual problem and the doctors just didn't have the wherewithal to be able to actually provide them treatment because of the bureaucra bureau bureaucratic state they put in place. And many of them end up committing suicide. We lose 23 veterans a day to suicide in this country. It is several times higher than the national average for non-veterans. It is an absolute travesty. These are people who signed up to protect us and our constitution from anyone who would harm it. And the government that they signed up to work on behalf of, who promised them the care that they need, who promised you the care that you need, lied to you and instead is rationing it, and it costs more to ration it than to just give you the damn money that you earned. That's what Joe and I propose. Give you the money that you've earned, scrap the VA, and let you get the care that you deserve the minute you need it. It's interesting that you talk about it from the VA because it seems like they don't stop screwing you at that, at that intersection. And I would imagine that an administration that was run by Joe and Spike obviously would want to get in and then obviously reform to to dismantle is certainly the VAs that exist now. That being said, that also leaves a big eyesore with the CDC. Oh yeah. Back uh, when COVID, the pandemic began, 
have you heard of COVID, by the way? I have heard <laughs> briefly. I was I was I was updated on it when I was okay. walking up the thing. Well, Ken and, Ken and I obviously were out of work on the uh, on the private practice side mm -hmm. on how we would see people for elective procedures. Yep. So we had almost a full eight weeks where we didn't see one, but we we were. Um, intercepted with an opportunity to begin early testing. And we had all of this opportunity and we had yep. friends of ours who had been working and had been uh, found tests that were used all over the, the uh, EU, uh, in yep. South Korea, mm -hmm. et cetera. And then for some reason they could not get what is called an EUA, an emergency use authorization for uh -huh. us to use it. Otherwise, we would have risked our license to have administered it to our own patients. What can be done about that? For two months, for eight weeks that the virus was here, the government, the CDC and the FDA did not allow doctors and nurses and medical professionals to test COVID patients. What is it we hear every single day that the most important way to slow the spread of this or any other virus that typically can spread asymptomatically, which means the majority of people who have it don't even know it. It is crucial to test, 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 test everyone. Test everyone as often as possible. Don't just test them once, test them as often as possible. So at the moment someone has it, you're able to contain them, you're able to do uh, contact tracing, you're able to be able to try to slow the spread, potentially even contain this thing. And for two months, the federal government forced the entire healthcare sector to sit on their hands while sick people came into their offices and said, doc, I'm scared I have COVID. And they would say, we can't test you. The few results that we knew of back in January and February, positive results that were in this country, they were tested illegally. These were people that engaged in civil disobedience, tested people illegally, and released the results. Otherwise, we would have been under the false assurance that no one had it here. That is what has happened with government in control of your healthcare. And of course, we didn't need a pandemic to tell us the government sucks at running healthcare. You can ask any veteran or poor person what their healthcare is like. But here is the situation that we have. We have a government that even today has not approved the majority of test kits that are out there. These are test kits that are being made in the United States of America. They are approved for use in almost every other country on earth and they have to sell them overseas. It would be illegal for them to sell them here. It would be illegal for you or your medical professionals to be able to to buy those uh, tests or to use them or to make their own tests. It is absurd. And that's before we get into certificate of need laws, uh, patent protections, all of the bureaucracy and red tape that makes it increasingly difficult for medical professionals to save lives. Government doesn't save anyone's life. Government does not protect anyone. Government makes it harder for those whose job it is to protect people to do that. Joe and I will completely dismantle this system and put the power back in the hands of the healthcare sector to save lives. One of the interesting things is, is that all the research that was coming out on, we did multiple shows where we were looking at different different things, it all came from other countries. We couldn't do any of the research here. Because it was illegal. Because it's illegal. It was illegal to do, here's what we told. You, we have to find out as much as we can. We're working with incomplete data and it's crucial that we test anyone. And if any of you do it, you'll lose your license. And if you keep doing it, we'll throw you in jail. This is what the government told us, no wonder the richest and most prosperous country on earth has the worst manifestation of this outbreak of any developed country. They literally forced the entire sector to sit on their hands. We already knew that this healthcare system sucked. In the worst of time, in the best of times, it meant massive cost overruns. It meant you and your doctor not even knowing what the price of your services that they were that they were providing to you were for months or some weeks or sometimes months. It led to us paying something like four or five times more than the average person does uh, in the developed world. And in these types of times, it means hundreds of thousands of lives that could have been spared. And so what is their answer? Everyone stay indoors, even though 
the reason that cold and flu season is the worst in the winter is because everyone's indoors during that time. But everyone has to stay indoors. And if you don't stay indoors, then for your safety, we'll throw you in jail where you are almost assured to get COVID-19 for your safety. Hey, an ancillary, ancillary topic here because it affects the way that we're able to research and find out new developments for people, yep. both in the medical sector and as well as what I would consider unnecessary incarcerations, the drug war. What do, what do Spike and Joe want to do in regards to the drug war? And I, I ask this question because we talk about the dangers of illicit drugs, right? So when we look at models that have moved to complete decriminalization, there's over 25 countries that have done so, most notably in 2001 being Portugal, who's moved in that direction. They've actually seen a decrease in drug-related yep, yep. and certainly drug-caused death. They've seen a decrease in long-term drug use and active use. What is it that a Joe and Spike platform or administration would do to help end the drug war? To schedule all of the drugs at the FDA level and end the drug war. Free people from the cages for engaging in victimless and uh, voluntary commerce. Expunge their criminal records so they can go back and rebuild their lives. We have seen what prohibition does. Like, like you said, we've seen what the decriminalization and legalization model has done. Addictions go down because people are able to get help without fear of going to jail. Criminal elements lose their source of income so the streets get safer and governments become less corrupt because they're not getting bribed by uh, criminal cartels anymore. Every single metric that is used to determine whether or not this is working every single one improves we've seen what the prohibition model leads to we saw it with the prohibition of alcohol and we're seeing it with the war on drugs now addicts there are more addictions and more overdoses and more deaths because addicts are not able to legally get help without risking going to jail Criminal cartels are handed multi-billion dollar industries that they have the market cornered on, which allows them to become incredibly powerful and engage in gang warfare to fight over their turf and pay off corrupt police and government officials and put their favored government officials in place to allow the flow of their drugs to continue, which leads to massive increases in corruption. It leads to an uh, increase in distrust between the police and the government and the community that they're supposed to serve. Every single thing gets worse. We are less safe. We are more prone to addiction. We are more prone to abuse. We are more prone to other social and economic ails that come as a result of that. Everything gets worse. The government should have no business telling you what you should or should not be putting in your body. The war on drugs needs, needs to end. It has criminalized entire communities. The entire thing has been an absolute failure. Unless you're a military, military weapons contractor or you are a uh, prison contractor or you are in a, uh, a corrections union or you are a contractor for police services or you're a pandering politician who wants more control over people's lives. If you're not any of those things, this has made your life worse. We end the war on drugs. It makes sense. I mean, it really does. I it, mean, the model, and this is, not a, this is not a political endorsement. This is a model that's been in action for over 19 years. Yep. And we've seen not only the decrease in death and addiction, but they actually spend one third the money that they used to spend on incarcerating and prosecuting those same people. And now they have rehab models where you save a fortune. You save tons you of money. You could have government-run rehab. Now, meanwhile, we think that's best handled by you know charity and mutual aid and churches and things like that, but you could have a government-run rehab center, universal rehab for anyone who wants it. It would cost pennies on the dollar what it costs to lock people up. That doesn't include the opportunity cost loss 
of people who could have otherwise had a productive life if they had been able to get the care they wanted and then be a productive member of society. Instead, they have recidivism. They're stuck in jail. When they come out, they're criminalized. They don't know how to, how to live outside of jail. They end up having to live on social services because they are unemployable thanks to their criminal record or unemployable in any real way. They can work some bit job for nothing. Uh, they end up becoming a wage slave and making next to nothing and still being on social services. It costs hundreds of billions of dollars a year to keep this thing going. It's time for a day. Not to mention it also stymies research in those drugs that they determine are a schedule one. Yep. We can't do anything with them. Cannabis. It's I have talked to so many people who in hushed tones, because in their state it's still illegal, tell me I was on opioids and thanks to cannabis, I was not only able to get off of those opioids, but it is effectively treating my chronic pain. It is effectively treating my PTSD. A lot of veterans who are dealing with this, a lot of other people who have trauma. Like all of this stuff ends when we end the drug war. Allow people to do what they will, making informed, conscientious choices for themselves with the help of their medical professionals. Right now, Johns Hopkins is doing all these studies on MDMA, they're looking at psilocybin. psilocybin. And the only reason why it's there is because of private funding is supporting that. They're supporting their whole program. Correct. And they, they had to do such an uphill battle to go through the FDA to get this approved. But because it's Johns Hopkins, because it's, uh, it's yep. powerfully backed, that's going to be a future. Like, why is that considered a drug when... I mean, I'm totally and, with you on this. And when that happens, they'll go through the FDA process, and now LSD and psilocybin uh, will cost tens of thousands of dollars. But, but that's, in all honesty, they'll do And it, they'll synthesize it so that they can That's they can what I was going to. The they'll make it. an isolate that will not perform nearly as well as it would have in its natural form. But, it, it, but it's patentable. That's right. That's... Unfortunately, I think that uh, people are waving us and saying that other yeah, people... Yeah, yeah, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. wait I, I just have one thing. I'm, 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 I've listened to you. I'm watching you. And on, on the drive down, we came down from Dallas here. There is a poem um, called The Second Coming okay. from Yeats in 1920. Anyways, it's, it's relevant now. Uh, you have to look at it. But part of the poem says, The best lack conviction. The worst are fueled with passionate intensity. It's a poem about how society implodes. And I think it became very popular because the worst are fueled with passionate intensity, meaning that the people that we have a choice, the duopoly that we can choose from yep. right here. Yep. Um, I'm looking at you and I'm like, I'm glad to see you having both conviction and also passion. You, you seem to be a candidate that is that has both. Uh, being passionate about what's going on here and Thank still you. having logic and conviction. I can't not be passionate after talking to everyday people across this country and hearing their stories, how their lives have been ruined, or conversely hearing stories of how simply being allowed to live their lives have greatly, greatly improved things. People that moved to a state that just allowed recreational or uh, uh, medicinal use of cannabis either, and they were able to stop having seizures they'd had their whole lives, get off of drugs that have you know, had terrible safety profiles. All of these things that I've heard, people being able to get care that they need when the government just lets them go and seek it. People being able to actually do what they need to do and save lives when the government just simply allows them to do it, even temporarily. And then conversely seeing how people's lives are ruined when government let, doesn't let them do it. Let's be be very clear on something. When government is telling you whether or not you can do something, this is not your betters. This is politicians who often haven't worked a real job in their entire lives, much less run anything, whose job it is to pander, receive money from cronies, and then try to convince you that it's a good idea. They are good at pandering and lying. You are being told by cronies who have a vested interest in their profit. You are being told by bureaucrats who just keep growing this bureaucratic state. Your betters 
are you and people who have a vested interest in your health, your medical professionals, your family, your loved ones, people that care about you. That is who, along with you making your conscientious choices, should be able to decide how to live your life, not just in health, in business, in every single aspect, in safety, in your education, in every single thing. You should be empowered with the power and freedom and money that was stolen from you. You are the power and you can fix this and we will fix this together when we dismantle this disgusting, thieving, murderous system and put the power back in your hands where it always belonged. Conviction. That was awesome. That was awesome. This is episode 43 <laughs> of the Gut Check Project, an incredible episode. This here is a, an incredible guest. Mr. Spike Cohen, Vice Presidential Candidate, uh, I'm sorry, Vice Presidential Candidate 2020. Stay tuned. Thank y'all so much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Episode 43. 40, Spike. 43 in the book. Thank you so much, Thank you brother. So much. Thank you, man. I appreciate, appreciate it. Thank you.